www.disneytimepodcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going today? Good. Doing okay. All right. So on today's episode, our main theme today is going to be Galaxy's Edge. Too much hype. Um, But before we get into that episode, uh, we have a bit of news regarding the Disney Skyliner. So last week, we mainly talked about Disney Skyliner that opened in Disney World. And uh, just six days after the grand opening, uh, there was already some problems that uh, occurred. Uh, If you haven't heard, yesterday on October 5th, there was an accident that happened at the uh, one of the stations, I guess it was Riviera. Um, And then there was like a collision between a few Skyliner uh, cars, gondola cars, and that effectively shut the whole line down for, I don't know, two, three hours, something like that. Uh, so, you know, people were on there, they had to be evacuated, and uh, it took quite a while because they had to evacuate each of the cars that had people in it, and uh, it's like two people at a time that they can get out. So, um, what do you guys think? Uh, Rissa, what do you think? Um. I was just like, already? What the heck? Um, And I personally would not want to get stuck up there. Uh, It seems kind of like a precarious situation. And with, like, limited airflow, since it's like a passive system, right? Um, Right. You're, like, stuck, so there's no airflow going on. Um, Even at nighttime, I still would not enjoy that very much. How about you, Nelson? What were your uh, thoughts on that? Um, shut down for effectively a few hours there. No bueno. Yeah. My goodness, that's, that's uh, in all honesty, that's kind of unacceptable for yeah, something exactly. that, I mean, they were test running for over a month before launch. And, and yeah, and that was with people in it. True. Um, but I mean, still, just from the sheer fact of all the prior testing that they've done beforehand... Um, I, I know the Riviera station isn't open to like as a stop yet because the actual Riviera resort isn't even open yet. So I don't understand what the slowdown was. So I, I, I don't really know what the situation is. I, I don't think anyone really does. Right. Um, at least the public. Um, but yeah, in my perspective, that's the this accident happening like like you said six days after launch is kind of unacceptable and yeah, uh, that agree. just kind of makes me feel like i'm not going to use it this coming trip right um, even even during um our downtime or whatever right right so i know me and you were talking about it last week where you have a resort day so i don't know if this might scare you off of it now but um I would think it'd probably be okay to do it, but I don't know. I feel like since it's already happened once now um, and being it so early, I'd probably just wait personally. 
I'll I'll wait right. till it, there's like a good long stretch of um, time where there's no incidents. You know. Right, right. It just, where it's like it just would increase the reliability from its from using it. You know. It's like that counter when you're in a working in in an industrial park or something where it's like zero days without incident. <laughs> yep, exactly. Reset. Reset the calendar. Yeah. Yeah, that's um for me it's a bit unfortunate. I really wanted to try it out, but you know, I don't wanna risk um being stuck up in the air, sixty feet in the air for a few hours, you know, without yeah, moving. Yeah, from the article that you linked us, man, being stuck there like some of them were stuck for three hours. I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, that's that's bad. There was um one person who was tweeting uh, being stuck in there and he had a disabled mom and she they had to uh, open the emergency kit that's underneath the benches oh, yeah. and um, she was using the vomit bag in from that because I guess she had claustrophobia or something like I don't know some sort of thing that triggered her so yeah that wasn't that was not pleasant uh, but um, you know we did get a few like funny memes out of it i mean there was one where somebody was like there are windows and doors and no way out <laughs> and the challenge is to find a way out you know so haunted mansion reference there mm. <laughs> um but um so yeah that was a that was a harrowing incident but no injuries were reported which is um i guess the the good thing about it no injuries were reported uh but yeah that's they're not a, out of the they're not out of the water just yet exactly exactly uh i don't know if they brought out the rescue boat though i've seen the fire trucks because it looks like a lot of the stretch was on the like over the ground not over the water uh but that would have been cool to see the rescue boat with the long ladders Maybe. so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cool for us, but sucks to just yeah, even be in that be situation. Rescued. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was um, that incident. So let's move into our main topic discussion of discussion today, which is Galaxy's Edge. Too much hype? Um, so it's Galaxy's Edge has been open for a little bit of time now, especially in Disneyland because... We went to the opening, Nelson, you and I did, right, mm-hmm. on uh, May 31st. Yeah. So it's been a few months now. Um, and it looks like the response from a lot of the crowds in general is that people have been, you know, it's been light. We, we've noticed it, like, even the park overall, Disneyland. And it seems like even it's affecting Hollywood Studios too, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like... Um I mean, right when Galaxy's Edge opened over in uh, uh, Disney World, they had to use the boarding passes or the boarding groups. But um, I don't know how often they have to do that nowadays. But I think overall, um, even attendance over in Disney World is still a bit lower than expected. Yeah, so I've I've been checking to see if they've been utilizing boarding groups and it's like open. The land's been open for, I don't know, so many days in a row it's just they don't they're not using it so it seems like it's it's a uh, lower than what uh disney anticipated so there've been a bunch of articles that come out 
um, about talking how talking about how uh, Star Wars ruined Disney. Um, but what do you guys think? What are your opinions, uh, Rissa? What do you think here? I think it's a a little bit of a combination between um, the fact that they they only have one ride, so once you're in there, you do what little things you can do. Um, you just leave. You don't see yourself going back until maybe the next day. Um, and with a trip, like the repeatability isn't as great in a single trip. Um, and then also, I I guess maybe there could be the fact that some people are just burnt out from Star Wars. Because I know there's that kind of superhero effect um, where people just refuse to watch any Marvel or DC movies right now because they're just so burnt out from all that stuff so i mean with the frequency that they're releasing all the content with with star wars people might be um affected by that as well i i don't think it has to do with like the new um saga necessarily like the continuation um i I just think people might be like tired of so much content so it's like a uh, Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your opinion on this, Nelson? What do you think? Well, I think there's several factors here. If we're just talking about lower attendance in in um, Galaxy's Edge, I, mm-hmm. I kind of made a bulleted list here of uh, ideas that might have affected it. But I mean, I agree that... Um, to Teresa's point that uh, some people just are kind of tired of it, just being overexposed. But uh, right. also, I agree with the staggered opening is uh, probably a big part that hurt Galaxy's Edge. Between I mean, uh, both coasts. Well, well, both coasts and and the rides. Oh, okay, um, okay. Like so phase it's not one, a full park. yeah, phase one, phase two type thing. Right, and so like what Rissa was uh, uh, explaining a situation where you know people make a trip, but then they'd have to plan another trip just for when you know the next ride opens. Oh, okay. So, so in effect, do you think it's like a um, they're waiting until the whole thing is open? Possibly, yeah. yeah. It might okay. be worth it, it. It's it definitely seems like it'd be. Um worth it more to just wait till everything's all a- available because they're kind of hyping up <laughs> they're hyping up rise of the resistance to be quite the epic ride because of like the sheer scale of what is in it yes i mean from one thing i love, I, I hear it a lot with um, some reporters or journalists that um have had exclusive access to it already and they keep and like they always mention the big room with all the stormtroopers. It's just overwhelming. They said, "Wow." So I can imagine. And I mean, if they have like a full-on scale AT-AT inside, then yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, but the thing is, is that if this was their big like AAA title or <laughs> their big ticket ride, it's not even open on like the opening of the land. So that in and of itself kind of seems like a a deterrent you know like just wait till this ride opens type of thing so it's in so it's an incomplete right now yeah the, right. the land is flat out incomplete yeah right at okay. least so with what they have there 
I mean, they didn't uh, they didn't open a sing like the big ride there. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not all there. I also think um, that they they did they hurt themselves to some regard by uh, scaring people with the crowds. Okay. Yep. So like, people want to wait it out until that hype has died down, and so like, you know, typically people plan their vacations like a whole year in advance. So right. with all the hype, like they decided to book vacations elsewhere, like probably explore the world or other um, spots. And um, once people heard that, oh, you know, the crowds are actually small, they can't change their plans just out of the blue because they already have a, a vacation booked in advance. So Right, right. So yeah, it... it- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nelson. Uh, I was just going to add to like to the point where we, me and Mike also kind of noted it back when we went on opening day. We were kind of also skepu- uh, speculating why it was like the best day ever for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Because it, like we were both, I, in all honesty, I was not looking forward to that day that much. Just because I was like, I feel like I was going to be squeezing in between people. Like my arms all closed up and being all claustrophobic and just trying to wiggle my way through the crowd you know yeah yeah but i mean i was like i could see the ground what the heck <laughs> just walking yeah. around and i think it, it was like it's the the olympics of uh, what was it 1970 or something mm-hmm. where it's that same phenomenon where people were just so scared of all the people that in the anticipation of all the crowds that not a lot of people ended up not showing up like the 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 freeways were the most open they've ever been, so I just feel like that's probably the same effect that happened. That's a very interesting phenomenon. And then to build on that, like Rissa mentioned, the Disney kind of shot themselves in the foot because they also um, blocked off annual pass holders that were not at our level of annual pass as well um, for it, effectively the entire summer um, right. at Disneyland. There were just so some that, spots in uh, in August. That was the earliest, mid-August, yeah, I think. Exactly. So, you know, people, like the locals, they, they want to go. Um, and that probably would have brought the crowds in sooner. Uh, but they, you know, they set the, the blackout dates and they, they didn't uh, change them or modify them. So it, it probably contributed to that. Uh, definitely. That was, the, that was one of the notes that I had put down. Right, right. So, um, let's um, let's go through the the whole Galaxy's Edge itself and and see what you know might be attributing to the the overhype um, notion of of being overhyped. So, um, pretty much half of that land is dedicated to the Resistance side, um, and we know that that's not open yet. Um, so. That might be one of the... Con- well, we, we mentioned that, that it was probably one of the contributing factors to it being um, kind of dead because it's unusable. It's um, not done yet. And uh, it, it seems like there may even be delays, right? Have you guys heard that, that um, it might not even open when they said it's going to open? Yeah, I heard the rumors. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the current dates that we do have are actually also... Those are delayed dates. <laughs> Yeah, it was already delayed. Yeah, exactly. And then it may even be delayed further. So um, that might even, 
I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's going to uh, contribute to this overhypeness? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a tricky situation because I know that Disney, they were just, they want their, their shareholders wanted some return from their investment already. Um, okay. so that's why they went with a phase opening. Um, maybe they also thought, you know, this is a good strategy to let people experience it and let the hype die down because we have been building this up for so long. Um, so I don't I don't know if, if we're going to experience the same phenomenon when phase two opens, because are they overhyping this ride as well? Hmm, I see. So what do you think, Nelson? Do you think um, think the delay is, is contributing to the to the hype factor here? Um, I don't know if the delay is making it more hyped. I think people are just getting more and more frustrated. <laughs> okay. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you don't think it's going to cause people to just turn away and say, hey, um, it's probably not worth it. Right. Do you, do you think that's going to happen? I, I don't know. It's kind of like I kind of agree with Rissa. It's kind of hard to say. Um, yeah. I, I feel like Rise of the Resistance will be a big draw. And like we were kind of explaining earlier, people... Um, People might be just waiting until that ride becomes available. That way, when they go actually go on a trip, both rides will be available. Right. So that might be um, an option or a, a reason, but uh, to for them, like for it to be overhyped itself, I mean that's that's also a possibility. We don't actually know. I mean, it is the first trackless ride that's going to be offered in Disneyland. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, there might be some uh, lots of testing going on right now with those uh, vehicles. So who knows? Well, technically, it would be the first uh, trackless dark ride because because they do have all oh, Luigi's. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Luigi's Frolic and Roasters. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Definitely. But I mean, they they they're developing something that hasn't been done. So, well, in it, in the U.S. In, yeah, <laughs> here in the U.S. Yeah, so. definitely. So um, I know, Risa, that you mentioned before that possibly one of the contributing factors to this, you know, not being that great or not having the the type of response that Disney wanted is because they didn't do enough. Um, like it's it's small compared to what they could have done with the Star Wars universe, right? Yeah. So I I feel like they should they they had a missed opportunity. Um, with a coast to coast thing, uh, similar to what Avengers campus is doing where they have a, a campus here that they're building in California and then they'll have one in, um, Paris, I believe. Yep. Um, and then they have like some secret locations supposedly in the middle of the ocean. Um, they could have story built that way where we have an outpost of Batu that's smaller here on the West coast and then have a different outpost over in the, um, East coast because they also have that hotel, um, that they're, they're going to build and they have more space over there too. So they could have expanded it and made it different and it not just being a repeat. Um, so I feel like it was a, a definite missed opportunity there. Um, and instead of having like a cohesive story that you, you feel, 
um, like you're part of it. Uh, the definitely the moment you walk into there, my my first feeling was, wow, this is this is amazing, and and I'm overwhelmed. But after going back to it multiple times, um, the feeling kind of dissipates. So that's why mm. I, I'm saying, um, like the repeatability of this land isn't. It, it's not as um, like say when you walk into Frontierland, right you feel like you're in the old west, right? Yes. yes. Um same thing with fantasy land, you feel like you're part of a story. Well, before. Um now with like all this IP um being introduced into fantasy land and and in in Tomorrowland it's basically Star Wars again. Um mm-hmm. it kind of dulls the feeling. Um so I feel like they needed more original content within Batu and to actually introduce that to the park goers so that they feel like it's part of the story and not just utilizing the app, like the Play Disney app, because it's it's kind of glitchy. It doesn't always work. Um, but when it does, it's really cool. So I, I feel like there should have been like a storytelling aspect in the land for people to feel like each time they walk into there, it's a new experience. You know, one of the things that I remember, um, like before they opened, when they were talking about the immersive experience at Batu, one of the things that they talked about was that you'll be part of the story in the in the sense that um, when you do something in the land, it like affects you as like a character in the Star Wars universe. Um, but what I noticed was that's really dependent on the Play Disney app. Right. Especially in Disneyland. I don't know if that's how it is in Disney World because you got magic bands at Disney World and you don't have that at Disneyland. But um, that's in Disneyland, it really is dependent on the app because like, if you're doing a lot of different, um, uh, what is that, missions for Hondo, then you get some sort of, you know, you become like a smuggler or whatever. Um, if you're doing it for the resistance, you become like resistance person. Um, but that's that's one of the things that they were hyping up before they opened that, hey, you're going to be part of the story. What you do in the land affects how the the cast um, like interacts with you. Right. Right. But I, I see one of the problems I, I feel like is that people don't know about the Play Disney app. Um, exactly. When you walk, when you're about to walk into the land, you don't have somebody like telling you. You know, if you open up your phone and you play this thing and you interact with different panels and you do different missions and different jobs, you'll experience something. You know, um, and then right. you don't have a cast member coming up to you and congratulating you with your rank or something, which would be yeah. really cool. You know, because like I have a new title of something smuggler or whatever, something um, resistance. Uh, so like when I interact with those cast members, uh, it would be cool if they called me by my title. So it's more like a kind of like a D and D type of thing, role playing, mm-hmm. especially since they don't let you wear, um, any of, of your apparel that you buy from the land until you exit the land. Yeah. So is that something you noticed too, Nelson, about, you know, where it's, you would, would you also appreciate it more if the cast you know interacted you with you in terms of what you had been doing in the land oh definitely i mean for one um just to build on to what you were saying earlier that yeah disney 
beforehand, before the land even opened, they were promising all these things of uh, being interactive and being immersive. But I feel like they kind of half-assed it, getting what we have currently. Right. And they flat out haven't really delivered on it. So, yeah, I think um, they kind of shortchange us there. Yeah, so that's, you know, they, they really, that was part of the hype that I, I was buying into. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, if we piloted the, the Millennium Falcon, we didn't do well. If we walked into Ogus, they're going to tell us, hey, you failed your mission. Uh, how'd that go? And then, you know, like, They'd make talk fun to of us like something. we were, yeah, make fun of us. Yeah, because we're horrible pilots or something. You right. Know? But the way it worked, it was like we were in Ogus and they were randomly talking to us about random stuff. Right. Like, OK, you know. Um, so, I mean, they did introduce V. Marani, who is, uh, you know, a character. She's like a rebel spy. And you can really tell she's a rebel spy because she's wearing the rebel outfit. Yeah. So she's she's kind of a bad spy. And but a bright you know. orange jacket. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the interactions you can have if you want to help the rebellion or the resistance. Um, but, you know, uh, I thought, you know, we would be... Each one of us are playing our own character, playing our own role. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that would be cool if they implemented something in Disney World or in Hollywood Studios where it's, you know, dependent on your magic band where, you know, you did something and then it's, you'll see it. You, you'll, they'll be able, the cast will be able to tell what's going on. Uh, but I haven't heard anything like that. So it's still hyped. Right. It's still part of the hype. So one of the things that... Um, if we want to break down this land, um, one of the things I feel like they had another missed opportunity with was Black Spire Outpost. Um, okay. Because when I when I think of Batu being a trading outpost, um, I think like of a big bustling bazaar, a lot of different interactions with different types of people. Um, right. But when I walked into the to Black Spire Outpost into the bazaar, I was like, there's maybe like what five six stalls here. That's it. Right, yeah, exactly. And then I walk a little further, and there's just, like, open land into the resistance. And I'm like, why didn't they build this out more, you know? Um, and then there's a lot of, like, random structures. It's really cool in terms of um, uh, the ambiance type thing. But, like, why can't I open this door? Why is there nothing yeah. in here? Are you just building a whole bunch of storage? Like. I want to be able to see different things, explore different areas, like at least build in story of why we can't go into these places. So, you know, like we're hacking different doors and things like that. So I was like, ooh, if you can hack a door, would that unlock it for you to be able to look behind it? You know? Yeah. And they could have done something with that, right? They could have, um, but the panel just lights up. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, that's the hack. That's or it. If you're... <laughs> If you're hacking the Millennium Falcon, it like shoots steam or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Nelson? Do you, do you think um, there's a lot of doors that don't do anything and a lot of uh, buildings that you're like, why is this here? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are definitely lots of doors you're not supposed to open. Or right. I mean, of course, it looks it's just part of the aesthetic for or the um, just the look. For mm -hmm. um, all these different buildings and whatnot, and even all the structures, and I guess even uh, like communication antennas. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the interactiveness with those that are even there, like yeah, I was I was actually kind of like that's it. <laughs> when 
when I was watching both you and Rissa like doing playing on the Play Disney app. Right. I was like, oh, that's all that happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because so, like you'll you'll hack something and then you can hack it again. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I already hack this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I hacked that already. Yeah. So I don't know. I just. Sure, it's definitely way more interactive there than it is with the rest of the the park. Um, but I just also still feel like the Play Disney app here is, uh, <laughs> meh. It's a meh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, going back to the um, the note that you guys talked about, where they they don't have anybody telling us that we could be using the Play Disney app, I I seem to remember on the first day like the opening day on may 31st they were handing out little pla- pamphlets that said what you can do with the play disney app uh, yep. but they didn't really tell us any backstory or anything like that or why we're getting this or or whatnot and um it would have been cool if they had been like hey have you been using it or you know uh or have some cast members congratulating like Rissa said congratulating us on our mission that that we had a success in or something like that uh but you know they have they have some written notification that you can use it basically. So I I think they still do have a little section on the the guidebooks or the guide maps that that say play play Disney app because you can use it throughout the park. So they they're like here use this or download it basically. Yeah, I just feel like I don't think they really push it still though. Yeah. Right, right. Because it's buggy. I mean we've we've tried to use it everywhere and it's just you know that's it yeah it's it's so. very buggy and and trying to fight other people for signal um is hard right exactly so um one of the things that you that you also mentioned Rissa, before was that um you said in in hollywood studios they could have made it bigger yeah or they could have made a whole park dedicated to Star Wars, right? Yeah, I did mention that before. Um, I don't know how it would go over now. <laughs> okay. After after seeing the crowds and and the dimish, diminishing um, interest, um, mm-hmm. I I just don't know if they would be able to pull it off um, based on the way that they they constructed these these lands. Um, right. because what people expect for, from Star Wars is like full, full on immersion fan experience. Um, maybe we are seeing the fact that, you know, fanboys and, and girls don't want to, um, go into a Disney park. Um, oh, okay. maybe they, they don't want to waste their money on like crazy tickets just to see a small area. Um, because that was one of our fears that they were just going to flood the parks and just go straight to Star Wars land and that's it and then leave. Um, but yeah, maybe they don't want to spend the money because um, it's it's not worth it for them because they're not interested in the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, go ahead, Nelson. Uh, I kind of had a similar note on my uh, in my in my notes here okay. where um, yeah, Galaxy's Edge is it's kind of. Who's the demographic here? Okay. Yeah, they they lack focus there. Cuz right. I mean there's there's different levels. There's the casual fan, there's the hardcore fan, and there's the uh 
like I don't care <laughs> type of per- like oh, they they know of Star Wars, but I mean they're that's about it. They don't really know anything about uh, like any of the characters, any of the lore, any of that, any specifics or details. So Galaxy's Edge being there in Disneyland, <clears throat> excuse me, is kind of misplaced. I feel because mm-hmm. mm. I mean Disneyland, it's it's it's. Uh, classic you know it's it's got the fantasy lands got the frontier land and Tomorrowland. so those are the big um big lands and areas in the in the park and it's very iconic and then to them make a complete like add an addition that's a complete offshoot of everything else that's there like what rissa was saying too is that there's some hardcore fans of, of star wars may not want to spend the 150 dollars just to go to that 14 acre area you know yeah yeah it's not even a half day land no not even right especially with just one ride there yeah so So, people um, might not just yeah for one thing yeah it's an expensive disneyland tickets aren't aren't cheap they're pretty expensive just to to go into a park yeah and especially if you want to experience star wars food Mm -hmm. that's expensive right yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that that's the big question. Also, uh, that's I feel another big question is like, who's what's the demographic here? Who's this aimed towards? So, do you think they uh, Disney was trying to find a compromise that would try to please everybody? Um, but then, by doing that, they kind of uh, it kind of backfired on them. Oh yeah, I yeah. definitely think so. I also think that they should have found a creative way to get into Batu um, instead of just having interesting music, um, like the weird chime, and well, as you're walking into the land. Right. Um, I I thought it would have been interesting to actually have the train go through there. Um, oh. For it to be a space train, <laughs> you know. Yeah, wow. I was actually thinking maybe for like the entrances, it should be like an actual port. Yeah, yeah, like some type of of thing that transports you there because the train is already hopping through time um, within Disneyland. It's part of the story because you go tomorrow, you start in Main Street, which is supposed to be like early 20th century, right? Right. Then you go on into New Orleans where it's like still early 20th century. Then you move on and move through to, to Toontown, which is like imagination, whatever, you go to Tomorrowland and then you loop into the Grand Canyon all the way to the primeval age. So you're working your way through time, um, essentially. Um, so it wouldn't be too far off for it to move into star Wars because it's a galaxy far, far away in a different time. So having a, a stop there would be like, you have now landed in space or something like that. Right? Yeah. Because in my mind, I believe that Batu is in the Firefly universe um, with a crossover because um, Firefly is like spaghetti western in space in the far right. reaches of the galaxy. So, especially because the main entrance is in Frontierland, so exactly. You're like Wild West. So, yeah. so that's how I'm trying to make sense of it. But yeah. It's it still seems out of place. Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's unfortunate that it's like that right now. Um, but 
what can we do? They they've already built it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, another thing that I know Nelson mentioned before was that a lot of people may be waiting, especially at Disney World for the fiftieth anniversary, uh, which is happening in a couple of years. Um, do you think that maybe um, contributed to the to like the low crowds that are happening? in the east coast at all nelson what do you think uh yeah we kind of touched on it last week where mm-hmm. um there's like uh, so many changes for like particularly in especially in epcot right it's, it's just construction everywhere now and and block out walls and closed pathways or that's the norm right now <laughs> i actually feel bad for Kay and rissa because i mean they won't actually see epcot in its uh even in the Glory. form that I could, you know, in the form that I really know, per se. So, I mean, unfortunate. It's unfortunate with with the, all that construction happening, but I mean, it's for the better. Because I mean, with the concept of, um, I forget what they're, I forget the third one, but there's Discovery, Celebration, and something else. I forget the, the West Side. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, and then the and then so, the yeah. showca- world showcase is still going to be called showcase, but um, yeah, with all those changes, they're definitely trying to do it and finish them all by the fiftieth anniversary. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, so people might be just way out waiting out to visit Disney World because of all of that. So that's I I definitely still think that's a factor, but. With regards to just specific to Galaxy's Edge, um, I don't know if that's related per se. Besides for the fact that yeah, it, it it's in a phased opening where the big ride, Rise of the Resistance, isn't open yet. But so, it will. It should be in 2021, right? Uh, by then it should. So um, one of the things that I want to touch on was that they have planned um, building a Star Wars hotel and you know right. they've, they've come up with pricing they've come up with what it's going to look like they even came up with a little concept model with the screen at d23 expo where we we saw it where the little screen would show what part of the hotel and what part of the actual ship it's on so with galaxy's edge i mean it seems like this is getting a lot of hype too um what do you guys think do you think it's gonna fall flat on its face uh, the way that Galaxy's Edge is seemingly doing right now. Uh, what do you think, Nelson? That's <sighs> um, kind of hard to say, too, because, I mean, we put so much faith when um, we were waiting for Galaxy's Edge to open up with all these cool features and ideas, and we're getting the same thing with the ho- with this new hotel. Like, there's a lot of cool things that they've shown. There's a lot of cool things that they've detailed. But with how Galaxy's Edge is, I don't know if they're going to live up to it. Like, actually do what they said. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Any thoughts, Rissa, on the hotel? And what do you think would would happen with all this hype that they're building around it also? So, for me, this this is where Nelson's earlier question about... Um, the demographic and the marketing of who they're aiming for is right. especially for this hotel. Um, because for me, it seems like they're, they're trying to cater to the hardcore fans. 
Um, yeah, this hotel definitely seems like it's for the hardcore fans. I, I've talked to hardcore fans. Like some of my friends are they they read all of the what's now non-canon. You know, um, all the comics and all the all that you know extra stuff that's not part of the universe anymore. Um, and they said they would totally just stay in that hotel just to interact with all of the immersive things um, and not even go to the park at all. Um, wow. So I, I can see that happening to some extent um, because I know there are people like that that are they just want to experience that type of, of intense Star Wars feeling, you know, of wanting to live that, that story. Um, so... It would work for that, but for the casual visitor, I don't know if it if it'll draw people in, especially with the pricing. Yeah, I was gonna say that price yeah. tag probably won't help. Yeah, yeah, for, for the, the full casual, immersive yeah. experience, it's very expensive. And, and and the thing about it is, um, is it classy enough for just say executives to to go in there and stay there? Do, are the luxury um, suites that kind of feeling of, of, you know, being in a space airline cruise, whatever thing they're calling it. Um, is it just theme or is it fully like hardcore star Wars? Like they, they need to find direction here of who they're trying to please. Um, because when you try to please everyone, you please no one. Right. That's true. Which is kind of what I feel like we're experiencing in, in Batu in both ends. Um, they tried to cater to the general public as much as they could, um, but it, it's hurting the hardcore fans, but then it's also hurting the general public because they don't understand it. So there's like a, a middle of the ground uh, kind of feeling because I, I had a friend, a coworker, that um, her, her uh, now husband is like super into Star Wars and her friends are. So she went during the reservation system but she felt like it was a waste on her um, oh. because she's not into that stuff. So she, she like took pictures. She was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. I can see like different themes and whatever. But after I took my pictures or the ride, I didn't know what else to do. So, yeah, there, there's that kind of disconnect for people that aren't fans. And I feel like that's one of the problems with what the way that Disneyland's going. Um it's becoming IP land. Uh, and that's why I feel like they also need an overhaul in Tomorrowland because it's, it's mainly Star Wars and it's just flooding the park. Like you, you need some separation there. If you, if you already have a Star Wars land, you need to disconnect um, Star Wars from Tomorrowland. I agree with you on that. I mean, they do have Star Tours there, but I mean, I, I don't see how it would be possible to even relocate that. Oh, I don't oh, think you yeah. need to. I don't yeah. think they... Yeah. But Launch Bay does not need to be there. Right. They don't right. need to have the, the Jedi Academy on Tomorrowland yeah. Terrace. Like, yeah. Like, you need to separate yourself from that, just have Star Tours be its thing, and then fix Tomorrowland. I agree, though. I, I think Tomorrowland has been needing an update since the last update which was what 2005 yeah that was the last update yeah so so it's been i don't know 14 years since they did an update yeah which is quite a while um especially i mean they they took out things that we we remember from 
the last 1998 update, and then you know, so they just left nothing. Yeah. Um, like rocket rods. You remember rocket rods? Yeah. Yeah. Great like, ride. They, they when it worked. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it worked, it's like now Indiana Jones. You know, when it works. Um, but it's like they they took out the people mover for that, and maybe they could have put the people mover back. You know, but. I don't know that Tomorrowland does need an overhaul, and it should start with removing all of that Star Wars IP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Well, uh, any anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, no. Ogas. Ogas. Oh okay, yeah. Let's talk about Let, Ogas. Let's. So. So. No, go ahead, Rissa. So our Ogas. They rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> Really? Yeah, especially after the last time we went there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, they they mixed up our table, and it was just, like, they didn't fix it. I don't know. Um, it just felt cold, you know? And they don't have a big enough selection. So that's one of the areas of Star Wars Land that I do think is super overhyped. Yeah? The, yeah. The whole, we're adding alcohol to Disneyland thing? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely was a big draw having the alcohol and so obviously i was uh, admittedly i was really hyped to go and i was super like bummed out i couldn't on when we went for like opening day right and i was hoping you got uh you were able to check it out when you went on the on your second trip on like june 8th i think yep. it was yep and so yeah i was just hoping and hoping and just really looking forward to that first trip and then after the second visit <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they really built up a lot of hype around Oga's Cantina. Oh, it's the first alcohol that's going to be served at Disneyland. Well, oh, to the public. To the, well, yeah, to the public other than uh, Club 33. So they're like, oh, yeah, um, they're going to have the... The people who are like straight, oh, you can't, you shouldn't be having any drinks here at Disneyland to the public versus the people are like, oh, it's only going to be two drinks, 45 minute limit or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, that was a really big point of contention for people. But in reality, it looks like it's, it's no big deal. No, it's, um, it's no big deal. Yeah. The people, you get your two drinks and then you drink them and you leave. It's not enough to get you drunk. It's not enough to cause bar fights or anything inside the bar you know yeah um, other than the the staff being understaffed I, I think it's um it's okay it's it's not um what the hype was about you know yeah i uh, I, I think it, it struggles because their drink selection um isn't big enough and they right. have a lot of tequila drinks oh yeah. okay yeah they I didn't do notice that yeah they, they, so they're they're like limiting the the selection by putting a lot of tequila, and then they're not they don't really have like a full bar. It's just the specialty drinks, right? Right, right. That's it's a they they lack variety and they lack the f the flexibility mm -hmm. of it being an actual bar. Right. Sure, they uh, they serve alcohol, but I mean, you get a list of these drinks, the pre-made drinks, and that's what you get. Yeah. Or that's all that they, that you can get. At least in Disneyland. We haven't experienced the one in the East Coast yet. But yeah, that's um that's another thing. They hyped it up 
over here like oh yeah it's gonna be Olga it's gonna be immersive you're gonna be you're gonna have this DJ DJ Rex I mean, I DJ mean Rex it was is cool, cool. It's cool. Yeah, it was cool to see DJ Rex like being reused here yeah yeah definitely they recycled him right yeah yeah definitely like the first time you go into that place though it's it's like everything you've ever wanted but right, after right. several visits you're just you're just like oh all i want is the fuzzy tauntaun i don't even want my two <laughs> drinks i just want the fuzzy tauntaun <laughs> you want two fuzzy tauntauns. maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah, how much numbing i i can handle <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's the the drinks are really pricey too, so that that's another contributing factor. I I'd much rather spend that money over at Lamplight or at Carthay Circle. Which is a good point. There is alcohol outside of Disneyland. You can always hop parks and go to California Adventure, and there you go. Yeah, lots which, of options. Which is one of the reasons why I thought it was it was silly for people to be concerned about introducing alcohol to Disneyland because I'm like, if anybody really wanted alcohol, one, they could either sneak it in if they're not of age or two, they could either just go to downtown Disney or Dis- uh, California adventure and then drink and then hop parks. Like it's not that big of a deal. So, you know, one of the things that I, that I heard people do is the, the camelbacks, they like fill oh vodka. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because Pe- nobody checks that. Yeah. Right? They don't, they don't sniff your, your water bottles. Yeah. And scentless too. Right. Supposedly. Mm, no. <laughs> Still smells like okay. alcohol, but. Yeah. But they, yeah, I mean, they're not going to check. They're not going to check the contents. No. no. So they can see you sipping on it. and Ooh, water. Yeah. But, but still, you know, like you said, it's uh it's available at California Adventure. So it's not not a big deal yeah not a big deal yeah but overall i i personally as a star wars fan i do appreciate galaxy's edge um i feel like people are missing out if they don't get to experience it at least once um mm-hmm. so i i think people should still go and and appreciate how much disney put into it um because it, it is quite beautiful. Like, the moment you walk into there, especially choosing which entrance you go through, I think if you go through the main Frontierland entrance, um, it has that wow factor. Um, right. And you can get some pretty stunning pictures, especially towards sunset. Um, like, it, it looks kind of otherworldly if you can get, like, the sun setting plus the moon. Um, you're just missing that second moon in in the sky yeah, right, right. Um, rising moons yeah but the the lighting effects that they pull towards towards uh sunset and like i i think it's the most beautiful around that time and at nighttime because it it feels more otherworldly um cuz during the day i don't know it just it just feels like there's a lot of people <laughs> cuz of the yeah, way that the, the yeah. pathways are um even though they say there's not a lot of people but yeah, I, I I still appreciate Galaxy's Edge. All right. What about you, Nelson? Any um any other things you want to touch on from your list? Uh no, we we pretty much touched on everything that uh, I made a note of. Okay. And I mean, I kind of agree. I actually I do like Galaxy's Edge. It's a really cool addition. I'll bet it's just definitely out of place but uh i mean I'd, in anaheim it's a bit harder to add in a whole new park right or anything like that right. <laughs> right right but um as an addition i think it's uh it's really cool just to see everything there and i do appreciate the fact that everything there is to scale 
Mm-hmm. It's yes. not like it's what huge. we kind of talked about where, you know, in other parts of Disneyland, there's forced perspective. Right. Everything there is like on a one-to-one scale, including a full-on Millennium Falcon. That was like one of the coolest things. Like, holy cow. Yeah. It's a full-on Millennium Falcon right there. Yeah, and the other it's wings. It's actually can't get closer to it, but... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high, I'm pretty excited for Rise of the Resistance in all honesty. I just really hope it lives up to the hype this time. I feel so. like they should have put a pod racing um either uh like a little backstory kind of thing cuz you see the pod racers there like where you could go and and haggle for parts or whatever or mm-hmm. have like a a kind of like a VR type of ride. Oh, nice. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in terms of uh, falling victim to the hype, um, in some ways, I think that the this edition became you know fell victim to it, uh, where it was some parts were overhyped, but then overall, it's it was it's a good edition. Um, it's totally immersive. You you don't you feel like you're in another world. Uh, you, the scale is just massive. Uh, it, even the cliffs, you see the cliffs are so close, but it's really high. They're they're big. Um, and then there's a lot of hype surrounding Rise of the Resistance, but I think it's it's if it if it turns out really great, then um, I think it might help save this little portion of the park that um, you know that is not doing so well. I hope well, so. not doing as well as the, as well as they, they, they anticipated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What do you guys think in uh, conclusion, Rissa? What do you think? I think that they're not gonna pull the plug on this at any point. Um, like some people are are thinking, um, because they need to see some return on their investment. Um, people have said that Toontown is a waste of space for the longest time, but look how how long it survived. You know. Um, they put so much into this, um, and I think in the long run, uh, people will learn to appreciate it, um, especially with, with spreading out the crowds. Um, there's going to be more things to do in the future. Hopefully they, they add a little bit more because I, I think there might be a little bit more space in certain areas, especially that really, really long walkway through Critter Country, um, so I, I'm hoping that people just wait it out and appreciate what we have right now because it's it's a great addition, and um, soon enough we're gonna have a Marvel edition. So, how about you, Nelson? Uh, what do you think in conclusion here? So, sure, it seems like Galaxy's Edge has come kind of come off to a little of a rocky start or a slow start rather, um, but kind of like what we were talking about earlier i'm i'm guessing a lot of people are just they've postponed their trips till later so sure it's a slow start now but i feel like in the long run it'll still grow in popularity so let's just hope for that cool so yeah i agree with you guys uh it's it's slow at the moment and uh i actually think that people should take advantage of that that fact that it's at Disneyland in particular, it's made. I mean, the crowds are are lower than the normal than usual than even before they opened uh, Galaxy's Edge. So 
Yeah, the entire summer has been pretty low attendance. Yeah, it was like um, it wasn't packed like we would come to expect of a summer. Uh, so I think people should take advantage of that and, um, you know, enjoy Disneyland, enjoy California Adventure. Um, so if you have the chance to get out there, you should do so. Check out Galaxy's Edge while you're there. Um, build a droid, get some drinks and uh, build a lightsaber if you want. Uh, so any uh, closing thoughts you guys want to say to our listeners, Rissa? Yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening to our, our uh, not necessarily criticism, but our, our opinions on, on the hype of Galaxy's Edge. Um, I hope you enjoyed and you continue to, to tune in. Um, so make sure you subscribe to any of our numerous podcasting platforms. And Nelson, anything you want to tell our listeners? So thanks again for dropping by this week. Uh, hopefully, you know, this is just like we were just kind of just going over our opinions here of uh, the effect of uh, Galaxy's Edge, if it was a success or not. And uh, hope you found it interesting and um, hope to just talk to you next time. So, yeah, I would like to thank all the listeners for tuning in, for subscribing and for leaving us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Please don't forget to keep your watches synced to Disney time. See ya. Bye. Later.